It can be so easy to start Monday with a new diet, a new set of rules to keep you in check. But instead of striving to keep yourself in line, let's start by aligning ourselves with God's kingdom abundance that is already available to us through Christ. If you are really tired of the diet cycle but aren't sure where to start, a good place to begin is with Matthew 6.33. It says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So we want to take out any obstacles to seeking God first and making a habit of connecting with God, which is why we have created the Mindful Moments for Present People devotional series to be delivered straight to your inbox every Monday morning, which includes a super short devotional with a mind-body practice to connect with the Lord, debunk, debunk diet culture, and focus on kingdom abundance. You can head to joyfulhealth.co devo, and we will send you the Mindful Moments for Present People devotional series to get your week started right. Okay, now on to the episode. Welcome to the Joyful Health Show. I'm your host, Casey Schuler, mom, personal trainer, and Bible study author. And I'm here to help you discover joyful health by grace. Joyful Health friends. This is Casey and welcome back to another episode of the Joyful Health Show. And today we get to interview Christy Dondero Fetway. Christy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today. We have both been undergoing some fun technology issues this morning. <laughs> yeah, the behind the scenes thing, no one necessarily gets to go through the pain with us. <laughs> That's right. And you know, it's funny because I feel like sometimes we can interpret those situations as hard of like, oh, the devil's out to get me, but also we can be like, oh, this is my teacher adversity. Um, God is teaching me patience and growing me <laughs> and learning how to depend on him and not to, you know, depend on everything to be perfect, you know, to not be anxious about anything, but to pray in all things. So I like the reframe. Go. I like it. That's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, but it's like, that's not something that I used to believe. And so being able to see what we believe now versus what we used to, it is God growing us and, and renewing our minds. And so I know we, we kind of talked about that behind the scenes too. So I'm looking forward to being able to really highlight what freedom looks like as a Christian and what does it look like to mature and grow, um, as a person who is being not conformed to the image of this world, but to the person of Christ. So um, a little bit more about Christy. She has served for almost a decade as the executive director for Rock Recovery. It is a nonprofit that helps clients and communities overcome disordered eating by combining clinical, community, and spiritual care. Having gone through recovery herself, she understands the depth of support needed to recover and how painful yet beautiful the journey to healing can be. Few things make her angrier than diet culture, and she is passionate about spreading the message that complete freedom from disordered eating is possible. She is an active speaker and shares her story with organizations and media outlets across the country. While a true city girl at heart, Christy now resides in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. with her husband, Ryan, and her daughter, 
Viv- is it Viviana or Viviana? Viviana. It's a big name for a little girl. So we always say she's only a year and a half, but yeah, we call her oh, Vivi. Yeah. Vivi, she's our girl. Mm, I yeah. love that. I'm sure she'll grow into that, you know, big personality oh. into the big Oh, name. she has great news. <laughs> it hasn't taken long. Yeah. Right. It's funny how kids just like really surpass us and surprise us and, and so many ways. Um, okay. Really? So Christy, we kind of are highlighting, you know, different ways that we can grow into the freedom that God has already created for us, has set before us, be it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So it's really cool to be able to talk to you and your your role in this area. Um, but first, tell us a little bit more about your story, kind of how God brought you here in this role, and maybe a little bit more of the the personal side of things when it comes to recovery and your health. Sure. Yeah. So I, it's so funny now that I've been recovered, oh my gosh, for almost half of my life, I turned 40 in a few weeks. So, and I went through recovery at 22, 23, and I started struggling probably really officially, if you want to look at the DSM and check the boxes at 13, but a lot of my relationship with food started to kind of go awry when I was as young as eight. Uh, we were, we used to live in Pennsylvania, my family. And I remember my parents told my sister and I that we were going to have a family meeting and we were like, cool. What's the family meeting about? Are we getting a puppy or like going to Disney world? Like what's going on? And they're like, we're moving to Texas. And so we were like, wait, we're not getting a puppy though. And we're moving to Texas. Like are there tumbleweeds there? Is there a cacti? Like feels far away. What are we doing? Um, and that was just the first time that I remember feeling super out of control. Like my whole world was kind of ripped out from under me and everything changed like almost overnight. I think they gave us a few weeks notice. And that was just a real challenge for me. And so, you know, my mom, my parents are lovely and supportive and have been wonderful in my recovery and super supportive of my, of my work here at Rock Recovery. And, you know, they're human. And so diet culture is real. And back in the day, there were a lot of other things going on there. So I kind of grew up in the Weight Watchers era, and there was a lot of that stuff in my home. And so I learned early on once I moved, I didn't realize or have words for this, but I didn't know how to cope with my feelings. And I knew that food made me feel better. And so I had this sort of tough relationship where I was learning, oh, there's these things about food you should limit or are bad. And I didn't know how else to cope with my feelings. So I had like a really mixed experience kind of going on in my inner world that I didn't have language for or even an understanding of. And then, you know, I'll spare you the details, but I think over the years later, I got more serious about ballet and was a civic ballet company dancer throughout high school. I quit a little early, but almost made it the whole time. And I think I just learned food was my best friend and yet my worst enemy because I was supposed to look a certain way. There was a lot of pressure to have a certain body type that is not my natural God-given genetics. And it was just a real struggle for me that happened pretty early on. And then a lot of things brewed because I was still angry that I was taken to Texas against my will. When I graduated high school, I knew I wanted to go out of state for school. So I applied to, I think, 10 colleges and my criteria was super mature, speaking of spiritually mature. I wanted there to be more um, boys than girls. And I wanted to be able to wear a scarf in the winter, but not be too cold. <laughs> so I had a great list. So nothing about academics. I mean, no, nothing. That. <laughs> nothing. No, we need scarves and boys. 
scarves and boys, um, which, you know, I'll say I, I am, I guess I prioritize both scarves and boys in different ways during college and cute scarves. Um, but I went to NC State. So was kind of thrust into a big change again, moved totally across the country, totally lost my support system. My parents moved to Atlanta when I graduated college. So there were no roots, there was no home, nothing was really sort of in-state tuition, which sorry parents, but um, that was sort of a tricky time for me. And then that's where things really just escalated pretty deeply. Yeah. I had a few tough things happen my freshman year of college, experienced some trauma, just sort of the food rules and things got deeper, the chaos around food got deeper, my hatred of my body got deeper, basically mm -hmm. all the things really got harder. And I didn't even realize by that point I had an eating disorder because our world is so disordered and so many people around me had similar things or I'd compare myself and be like, well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so or I don't check these boxes by doing X, Y, and Z. So I guess I'm fine. And I sort of just lived in this little prison of my own making in a lot of ways for all those years throughout college. Mm. Goodness. Yeah, that's um, that's hard. And I, I feel like that's such a common story is like, well, I, it doesn't feel that bad because what do we have to compare ourselves you know um yes. and so and we'll kind of talk about this too of just like the our in how much our environment shapes us and I'm reading this book called strong like water by Andy Kolber yeah did you ever... her. She's okay great. yeah do you know her personally <laughs> no but I read her was it try it softer is that yes, the name try of softer, yeah. yeah try softly yeah yeah love her yeah. So she, her second book, Strong Like Water is also blowing out of the water for me. And one of the, one of the things that she talks about when it comes to like feeling safe is you, you have those, you're checking in with yourself of those internal cues, and then you're checking in with your external environment and then mm -hmm. with your relationships. And so those being the three things that you look to for safety, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I think I totally, I, you know, dismissed um, relationships as a huge part of safety and co-regulation and how important that is. And so I think that's what we want to dig into a little bit more is that support system. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you lost that at a young age when you went to Texas and then, and then, it, you know, things escalated as far as like using food for control. You didn't necessarily know how to cope with your feelings. So what was the turning point for you with recovery? Yeah, I mean, definitely people, right? I mean, that's sort of how God pulled me from the muck and set me on the rock and gave me a song to sing. So I, it's a slightly edgy story. I was telling you earlier, you know, I'm married to a pastor now, but like my college friends, not, I'm still close friends with quite a few lovely people that I've met during college and I was in a sorority, but I um, am different than I was in college in a lot of ways. So I was not going to church. I was not a person of faith. I was, I think, open and certainly interested, but I had some tough, like religious trauma things growing up. And I just sort of was like, no, God must be mean if these things are true. So like, I'm not super interested. I'll just like mm -hmm. make my belief system and move on with my life, you know? But then um, I was out at a bar one night after I graduated college, I moved from Raleigh to Charlotte, North Carolina. And I met this guy who handsome fellow. And he was asking me what I did on the weekends and, you know, like small talking or whatever. We were at an ugly sweater Christmas party. So we like looked ridiculous with our little like pom-poms on our sweaters or whatever. And I said, you know, like I mostly do this and I run and I do whatever. Like, what do you do? And he said, well, I go to this church. Like you should come with me sometime. And I think thankfully, you know, the whole phrase, like you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. I think I finally 
even though I didn't think I had an eating disorder, even though I wasn't like necessarily super in tune with what was going on, I knew something wasn't working. I started having anxiety attacks. A friend of mine had passed away from cancer a few weeks earlier, which like rocked my world because he was 22. Like that was just not even on my radar. And I was just kind of a mess. And this man was so kind and I was sort of like, okay, like he's at a bar. He seems normal. Maybe his church is normal too. And it was normal. It was a great church. So I went to this church um, and this, this man, by the way, we never dated, but we remained good friends. And almost 20 years later, he's still one of my dearest friends. He's got three kids. He's married. They call me Aunt Christy. Like, it's just the coolest. It's just the coolest thing to see what God can do. Um, but yeah, so I went to this church and at this church, they're running a course called New ID, which is a six week course for anyone struggling with an eating disorder. And I remember the lovely, it was a church plant kind of out of London. So all the pastors and people had cool accents, which I was like, all right, God, I'm listening. This is cool. So uh, when she got up, the leader of New ID got up to make the announcement about this course she was running. She said, you know, I'm running the six week course. If you want freedom from food issues and eating disorders, you know, come check it out. And I remember thinking, well, I don't have an eating disorder, but like it's only six weeks long. It's a long time, but I guess I'll come check it out, like, and just see what it's all about. So I signed up and on week one, uh, the smoke cleared and I saw very, very clearly that I did in fact have an eating disorder. Each week there's a topic on a certain teaching, there's discussion group time, and then there's testimonials and prayer. And this is actually a course we still now run at Rock Recovery. We've sort of taken it on from the founder and she's a dear friend of mine to this day as well. And so I went there and I sat down and I remember thinking as she was going through the criteria for an eating disorder, I was like, wait, I do that. Wait, uh-huh. Okay, check, check, check. And I was, I remember thinking an expletive at the time. I won't say it here, but I remember being like, I have an eating disorder. Like, mm. what the heck? Like, why did no one tell me? Like, why did I not know? Why? I was shocked. I was shocked, which seems silly because I was doing it for a long time. Mm. Um, yeah. And then I think from there, you know, I could no longer hide in isolation. Like one, I suddenly realized this was my life and I wanted to live differently, you know, in that workshop and in that support group, people shared their stories. People were saying, you know, all these different things. And I remember sitting the first night thinking, I'm not going to say a word to these people. Like they will never understand me. And this is dumb. And then someone across the room said a thought that I was so sure no one else had ever thought in their whole life. And I was the only one. Right. And then the shame rolled away and I just immediately things started crying and was like, oh my gosh, like maybe it's going to be okay, you know? So um, that was the first time I think I felt understood and not alone in this struggle that I hadn't even previously named. Mm. Yeah, man, so many things there. I also noticed how the Lord really did use the boys and sweaters thing <laughs> at the bar. You're like, oh, I'm wearing, I mean, it was, it was a sweater, not a scarf, but, but still winter appeal attire. That's a great, a uh, great comparison. Yeah. Right. Like he redeems all things <laughs> in such <Hilarious>. amazing ways. <laughs> okay. So many points that I want to hit on. Um, and we do have another episode about what do Christians need to know about eating disorders? So I don't necessarily mm -hmm. want to say like, Hey, uh, you know, we don't want people to be in the dark about this eating disorder. And for you to wonder like, how come no one told me, why did I not know about this before? Um, what instead would you like to tell the person who's like, Oh, 
should, should I be worried or concerned or, you know, what are some of the the things that really helped you in that journey that you would like to share with someone else? I mean, I think it goes back to what you were saying in the beginning, like the good F word freedom, right? Like, I just feel like it is for freedom, that crisis that is free. And you can do the mental gymnastics of maybe thinking, oh, I'm not so bad, or this isn't whatever. But the real question is, is there more freedom for you? Is this what Mm -hmm. God has called you to? Like, is this, is this freedom? Or is this captivity? And sometimes captivity looks really appealing. And it's still you're still stuck, right? You're still sort of the one being held down by it. So I think I guess what I would say is just are there ways that you feel controlled by your thoughts around food or your body or how you spend your time and thought life? I remember in New ID, one of the exercises we had to do was you're given a circle and you put percentage of time you spend thinking about things in a given day and then percentage of time you spend doing things in a given day. So like showering, talking to friends, working, meal planning, whatever. And I mean, just when I saw that little pie chart and saw the huge percentage of my thought life that was about what I was going to eat, what I was not going to eat, what I was going to do for a workout, what I wasn't going to do for a workout, you know, just, I was like, if I'm saying I value friendship and community and service and all these other things, and I'm spending like 1% of my day there and a lot of other percentage of my day on something else, um, that can't be right. That like, so mm-hmm. I think thinking about, are you living in alignment with what you truly value? And are you living a life that feels free and at rest to be who God created you to be? Um, so yeah, there's behavior. I mean, of course there's things to think about as it relates to like are we afraid of food? Are we eating things? Are we listening to our bodies? Are we caring for ourselves? I mean, there's lots of like the practical questions, like you mentioned, that can be covered in a different podcast. But yeah, that's sort of just the, the freedom piece is what it comes back to for me. Yeah, that's really important. And so it sounds like there are some pivotal parts of your story that you um, that allowed you to come towards healing. And, and it, it's all, you know, you can see God working and weaving through it all in your story and using all of those pieces, nothing is wasted, but, and you talked about to you earlier, like maybe before, before the podcast about there is three kind of ways that helped you find freedom. Um, and so for the person who does feel maybe alone in their journey and they want to grow in freedom, but they don't really know how, um, what are, what are those three principles or those points for you? Yeah. And I think, I just want to reiterate too, it's so easy to believe the lie that we're alone or we're the only ones or no one cares or no one else gets it. And it's just, you know, that's just a lie. That's just a lie. As my therapist Mm -hmm. says, send that straight back to the pit of hell. And I'm like, oh, dramatic. I like it. Let's do that. So I just think, you know, sometimes she revs it up a little bit. Um, So I think for me, the three things that really were critical and core to my own recovery and even just to life now honestly is faith so you know I work at rock recovery the word rock is not a coincidence I think building our life and our recovery on the rock is such a critical piece and figuring out who and whose we are that true identity no matter what it is we're going through in life I mean we just can't really stand without that right like it's always going to shift and fall so for me when I went through recovery, you know, I did start working with a therapist. I did start continue the support group. I did start telling some friends what was going on. And as I was processing all of that and getting stronger in my faith, I kept going to that church. I just started to realize, whoa, if God made my body 
God probably has something to say about my body. And I imagine I don't get the final say and I should probably be concerned with treating and storing my body well. And I think we can twist that culturally to mean a few different things sometimes, but just again, the freedom, the the piece, the like those things, focusing on those pieces and accepting the weight and shape I am might not be the weight and shape I thought I was supposed to be. It might be something different. And that's good. Like God created us with beautiful diversity and like all bodies truly are good, created, holy bodies. Um, I think the second piece for me is definitely experts. We were talking before the podcast. I was like, I have no fancy letters behind my name. I feel so left out. I get to hang out with therapists all day long at Rock, but I am sadly not one, um, but I'm grateful to get to hang out with them all day long. So I think for me, just having someone with the expertise to help me walk and uncover the lies that I've been leaving, believing for a long time. Um, I needed someone to trust me to help me trust myself, to help me develop trust again in my body as it was created and to help me, you know, remove the beliefs that like, oh, muffins aren't bad. Maybe muffins are great. Like, you know, I had to really relearn and reteach myself certain things that I had falsely believed and kind of grown to believe over the years. So having a dietitian, having a therapist, having a treatment team, I did all outpatient work, but it was just critical to helping me like uncover those lies and replace them with truth. Mm-hmm. And then community, right? Having people around us. So having supportive family, having good friends. I had really good support in some ways. And then we're all on our own journeys in some ways. So I had some friends that had their own stuff going on with food and maybe they weren't quite ready or willing to work on it. So I drew some boundaries lovingly, like kept in touch and, you know, kept some things going. But instead of getting dinner with those friends, we went for a walk or we like sat in a park or we did whatever. Right. So I just kind of learned I need to tell people what's going on with me. I need a few people to be vulnerable with and accountable to. And then I need to also not let myself be further harmed by these false beliefs that too many of us believe. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of part of my whole, whole piece there. But I had really wonderful people, even if they didn't know what to say or how to say something exactly right, they were just for me, you know, and we all kind of awkwardly fumbled through it together the best we could. And that was really a gift. Yeah, I love that. And I, I think I maybe didn't expect that piece for you to, for you to talk about community and Hey, when you are growing out of something, sometimes that means drawing a boundary um, with another relationship and that is healthy and good because really, and to be able to have those three things of, okay, it goes back to following Jesus and I'm not following a person. I don't have to stay. um, I'm I'm following the person of Jesus, but I'm not following like this, this friend around for life, you know, and I think uh, friends are a gift and they're good, but who are we ultimately worshiping and following? And so to be able to follow Jesus, even when that's hard, even when that means sometimes, you know, relationships that used to be there and used to be supportive, maybe just aren't anymore. And maybe you're both growing in different ways. Um, and so, yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that, that, that might be a hard thing to grapple with. Um, but Mm -hmm. it can sometimes be necessary and of course require discernment and love, um, (laughs) with, with that person. And I would say too, I mean, everyone's journey is truly different. And I would say now, I have plenty of friends who probably will always live in diet culture and who will always sort of have beliefs that I don't agree with. And I can eat dinner with them now, right? Like I'm Mm -hmm. fine being around them now. It was a temporary boundary to help get me through a time where I felt super fragile. And if some people draw boundaries for longer, that's a okay too, right? But I think for me, 
I was, I just needed some space to get well and the boundaries shifted. They weren't just this controlling static thing that had no way to be adapted. Um, cause you know, boundaries can often be used to manipulate and control <laughs> and like keep us safe and sort of invulnerable, which is not necessarily how relationship works. So there's a lot of tricky things there, but I, I sort of needed to, to move it over time. And then also once I was more sturdy, there I was I was able to sort of know like this person is just still believing a lie and I can have compassion and grace for that and know that that doesn't mean anything about me or my body or about this mm-hmm. food that I'm eating or this thing that I'm doing yeah and and that's helpful to to notice that oh I don't have to cut off this person as a friend but maybe our activities need to shift and what we do together can just be different and so um that's a really helpful tip, especially for the person who's like, I need to grow a little bit stronger in this area before I can do this specific thing that I'm used to doing with this friend. And, you know, if they're a friend, then they're going to want to support and love you through that or, you know, family member. So, um, and going back to like, oh, because I trust this expert who I've been working with and, you know, for them to be able to give you some sound advice. And then also you're always listening to the Holy spirit. And so being able to, to stand on, that rock and be able to have that, that trifold, um, support in your life. That's a huge contrast to how you kind of started your story of like being uprooted, not having a support system, not having coping strategies and mechanisms. Um, yeah, I just, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for your story and for what God's done in your life. Um, so how can you speak to the person who, um, like what's maybe one takeaway tip you can leave for someone who is feeling vulnerable and not sure how to take the next step in finding an expert or finding community for them? I only give one. What if I have 13? Um, <laughs> I'm teasing. I really love, side note, Emily Freeman's podcast, The Next Right Thing. Have you ever listened to that? It's mm-hmm. such a good one such a fan and it's helped me the whole idea of decision fatigue and perfectionism too right like I won't do anything until I do it all perfectly and I will do these 17 million steps instead of taking this one next one so I think just doing the next right thing not having to think too forward about the million other steps you could maybe take but just think okay simplify keep it simple right like what is the next thing I can do right now maybe it's picking up the phone and calling a friend and just being like, hey, I need to talk. I've got something going on and I need someone to like help me figure out what to do. Maybe they could help you then call a therapist, get an assessment, do something else. But maybe it's praying, you know, and talking to God about it first and then taking the next step from there. Whatever it is, I think discerning the next step because staying in isolation and staying alone will only keep us stuck. And so whatever you can do to kind of break the isolation and just do the next right thing is just so critical. And yeah, it might be complicated, but I remember thinking early on, I mean, both in my like faith life, I remember when I like came to faith at 22, 23, the majority of the friends that I met like had been believers their whole life. So like they knew all the Bible stories, they knew all the verses, they knew all the things. And I literally did not know how to find a verse in a Bible. Like it was like open up to, you know, Romans chapter one, verse three. And I'm like, okay, I could probably find the book of Romans. What do you, how do you even find, like, I don't know. I, I feel so silly saying that because it's also like basic literature, but I, I didn't know how to read the Bible. And I remember feeling like, gosh, I'm so behind. And I did, I was like, people at like six-year-olds probably understand the Bible more than I do. Cause at least they've been in like vacation Bible school for the last three years or whatever they've been doing, you know? 
And I felt the same way about recovery where, you know, I was only 23 when I started. So I was pretty young, but I just felt like, gosh, I've been living this way for such a long time. I don't even know where to start. This is so overwhelming. How on earth will I ever change these patterns? Like this is wildly impossible. And then like, here I am, right? Like that's literally my job to talk about how I'm free and like people pay me for this. It's great. And um, I've been on staff with Rock Recovery for 10 years. They haven't fired me yet. We haven't run out of money yet. Um, so I don't know. It's just kind of wild when I think back, it felt impossible and it's just wild where I am now, you know, thanks to cute boys and sweaters and scarves, right? Like back when I was 18, but yeah, it's just really wild. So I think starting somewhere and then knowing it is overwhelming, but you can still start somewhere. And eventually there is something to hindsight, not to make it rosy. The journey was tough. You know, I wouldn't wish it on anybody in a lot of ways and God does redeem and there is beauty from the ashes. And I've always loved the verse from Joel that, um, where it says, God, God will restore the years to you, the swarming locusts have eaten. And that just feels like my work now at Rock Recovery. This is the restoration I'm getting to experience from all the years where I felt the dry desolation. And of course, there were still mercies and blessings in those years, right? It's not like life is magical once you recover or magical once you become a believer, right? Like life is still life, but in God's grace is still real all the time. But I just am able to I guess, see it a little bit differently. Yeah, I love that. That's such a, I mean, it's hard to understand because it's like, well, how is he going to create something new out of something that's been taken? And, but that's exactly what he does. And yeah, that's lovely. And we just get to experience it. We don't have to under, always understand it perfectly, but to take the, to take the one next step, trust him with every single step. You know, his word is a, um, a light to our path and a lamp to our feet. So being able to trust that. Um, and you also have some really practical ways for people to, to reach out. Can you tell us a little bit more about rock recovery and, and the next program that y'all are doing? Yeah. So rock recovery is wonderful. I joke that I didn't birth it. I adopted it. And so I've had the joy of being involved for 14 years. We were founded 15 years ago, almost. So, uh, our wonderful founder, Carrie Larson is, the true creator here, but she created the organization to bridge gaps that keep people from getting the help that they need to really thrive and heal. So we now provide direct treatment therapy programs because of state licensure. Wah, wah. They're only available in DC, Maryland, and Virginia right now, but next year we're hoping to expand that to at least 30 states, so stay tuned. But we do group meal support therapy and group body image therapy in addition to individual therapy for those programs at all sliding scale. And then because we're a nonprofit and our amazing donors make our services available to anyone who needs it, regardless of ability to pay, we're able to do a sliding scale, which is just such a gift. And so then we also offer faith-based support programs that are, we have some weekly programs, some monthly calls, and then also six-week curriculum that we do throughout the year. So our I do run our new ID course quarterly that I mentioned that I went through. And then our next uh, finding Lasting Freedom group is a holiday support group that will start Monday, November 13th. It's virtual from 7.30 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. So you can do the time zone math. But that is a six-week group that we make affordable as well for anyone who wants to come get some kind of coaching community and just encouragement and hope during a time that can be a little bit tough with the, the holiday season coming up. Yes, absolutely. I'm I love finding it. I'm to answer your other question. Um, right. Find us via the Holy Spirit and the internet as you find most good things in life. So 
Uh, we are, our website is rockrecoveried.org. So rockrecoveried.org. And on Facebook, we're Rock Recovery ED. And on Instagram, we're Rock Recovery. Rock Recovery. And then if Twitter's still a thing or whatever it's called, X, we're at Rock Recovery, but we're not as active there anymore. I'm real stressed by that change. So I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're just rolling with the flow. Like you said, you can just Google it. You can just, <laughs> when yeah, it's out, just, just Google it. I think Google it'll be fine. Later. It'll be fine. You know, in our little like client forms, like how did you find us? And a lot of people say Google. And I really do want to add one like, Holy Spirit and Google question mark like do you think like because mm. probably let's just be honest that's what it is <laughs> yeah for sure and a lot of people do like I was I somehow stumbled upon your website when I was googling for this thing and I didn't even mean to find it and so yeah and so I think we can attribute that to the Holy Spirit for sure he's like well totally because they're like I don't really know how I found you I'm like great well I don't know either but we're gonna think about yeah. it <laughs> let's just not question let's just be grateful yeah absolutely yeah. um okay well thank you so much we're gonna put all of those links um in the show notes and so that people can find you and enter that group which is perfect timing for our joyful health participants because ours is ending right before thanksgiving break and so if they want to enter into another group um, program to have that accountability especially during the holidays then um we would love to be able to extend that invitation there so christy can you pray for the listeners Yes. I was joking earlier. I'm married to a pastor, so I never get to pray. So I love being asked to pray. Um, God, we are grateful that you are a God who delights in giving good gifts to his children, that you are a God who delights in saving and bringing freedom to the captives. So I just pray that you would set your people free, that anyone listening here today that is in need of loosening shackles and just deep healing and hope that you would just provide that for them. I pray that you would remove any lies from their mind, body, and spirit and just help them to believe your truth. I just pray that you would cover each person here today with your protection, give them eyes to see and ears to hear what you are calling them to and how you have uniquely created them, each of them individually. And I just pray for freedom and for joy and for peace and patience and gentleness and just more of the fruit of your spirit to be present in us and among us and through us each day. And we pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Love that. Receive it. Okay, friends, until next time, uh, may you rest in his grace and follow the joy. Hey, congrats. If you are hearing this, that means you've made it to the finish line. Give yourself a high five for me. Thank you for listening all the way through. I hope and pray this episode has blessed you so that you can more fully enjoy God, glorifying him and blessing others. If you want to talk about this episode with more Joyful Health friends, join our free Facebook community. Head to joyfulhealth.co slash podcast and get connected with us there. Before you move on with your day, would you consider taking a moment with the Lord in prayer to process what you have heard in the podcast. Ask God what he is revealing to you about himself and what you can do in response. And for all my regular listeners, thank you in advance for writing a review and sharing this podcast with someone else who is tired of the wellness rules and is ready to rest in God's grace and the Holy Spirit's power for their health. A big giant thank you to all our podcast guests and to my husband, Maddox Schuler for writing and recording our podcast music. 
It takes a village and we are glad that you are a part of ours.